the child says, I'm good. I cleaned my room. You don't even have to ask me. I take out the garbage. You don't have to make me. I help with the lawn. I help get my dirty clothes to the laundry room. I do everything that you ask me. Why are you telling me no? No. You're not going to do it. Everyone that is sitting here this morning, at some point in your life, has been told simply, no. This morning, I hope you have your Bibles. Who has your Bible? Raise them up. All right, whether you raise your phone up, whatever. Now, if I see you doing this, you ain't using it as a Bible. Okay? In Philippians 1 and 12 through 14, it was read just a moment ago, ago, Paul makes a statement. And I don't know if you caught that statement or not, but in Philippians 1 and in verse 12, But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather into the furtherance of the gospel. Paul is basically saying, every time that God said no to me, it has played out to be the best decision. What do we do when we have prayed night and day in tears and pain and anguish for something in your life and my life that we, we want it to happen this way, God, And God just simply says no. Our series for the first part of this year is a better you and me, a better me and you in 22. Coming above disappointment. We've talked about anger. 
We've talked about bitterness. We've talked about discouragement. Today, I want us to think along the lines of disappointment. Oh, yeah, discouragement and bitterness kind of go hand in hand, but in one sense. But what about just simple disappointment when we're told no? In the book of First Chronicles 17 and 1 through 5, David is a man after God's own heart. And David has the desire to build the temple. God's, the, the, the tabernacle is no longer where it's at. It's went from place to place. It needs a resting place. And in 1 Chronicles 17 and 1 through 5, now when God had, had eased all of David's enemies and things were good, it says this about David. Now it came to pass... As David sat in his house, that David said to Nathan, the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remaineth under curtains. Then Nathan said unto David, Do all that is in thine heart, for God is with thee. And it came to pass the same night, that same night, that the word of God came to Nathan saying, Go and tell David, my servant, Thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in. For I have not dwelt in a house since the day that I brought up Israel unto this day, but have gone from tent to tent, from one tabernacle to another. David was told no. He had a desire to build the temple of God, but however, after initially receiving, as we just read, the go-ahead from the prophet Nathan to do it, do all this in thine heart, he later learned from God that it was not his will. God did not want David to build the temple. The work would later be accomplished by his son Solomon. If you go on and read the whole story and uh, on up into 22, chapter 22, you can see all those things come to pass. But can you imagine this morning how disappointed David must have been initially? A servant of God God telling him no? A man after all God's own heart? You see, David had too much blood on his hands. God wanted a man of peace, his son Solomon. You see, David 
was very, very disappointed. You see, the Bible is loaded with examples of disappointment. What do you think about Moses this morning? He missed out on the promised land, just missed it by that much. Moses, I'm sure, was disappointed. What about Caleb and Joshua? As we read in the Old Testament, they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 more years because of the lack of faith and the sins of somebody else. Not even their own doing or will or what they had done to cause it for themselves. What about Leah? Waking up every day knowing that she could not get Jacob to love her as much as her sister Rachel. What about Joseph who was cast into prison for a crime that he did not commit? What about Judas who portrayed our Lord with a kiss? How about Jesus himself? as Judas portrayed him with that kiss. How disappointed our Lord must have been. What about today when we betray him? How disappointed our Lord must be. You see, we live in a world today, in our society, that we as individuals... We, we, for the most part, we tie our happiness to other people and to other things. And we become disappointed because of the lack of faith of those other people. We become disappointed. Because of the lack of the other people, the faith of the other people, Caleb and Joshua could could have been very disappointed. I'm sure they were and probably just could have quit and gave up. But what about us? When God says no. You know, we need to understand today, and I hope you remember this. Hope you write it down. When God says no, young people, maybe in that relationship that you says, Oh, I'm for sure this is the one I'm going to marry. And then something happens and it's broken off. Or maybe that I'm going to try out for the, the basketball team or the softball or baseball and I don't make it. When God says no, he is only protecting us. You see, that's how we got to look at it. When God says no, 
Our faith leads us to accept that as he's protecting us. Maybe that promotion at work. I was looked over. I've been there. I'm the most loyal employee they have. I've worked more hours than somebody didn't get paid for. And, and I wasn't an employee. They just done my eight and then hit the gate. And, and I, I was so loyal to them. And I've, I've took so many for the team. And they, and they overlooked me. Most certainly that brings disappointment. But God's protecting you. Maybe he knew that promotion would ruin your marriage because of the workload. Maybe God knew that that young man or woman that you thought was the one was going to be the one who would take you out of the church and you wouldn't be faithful to him. Maybe he just knew you would bend up in multiple marriages or that person would and leave you high and dry. When God says no, he protects us. I know every person here this morning has faced disappointments in your life. That brings about discouragement which brings about bitterness, which brings about anger. You see, it's a domino effect. But this morning, if you will, for the few moments that we have left, I want you to consider three things that you and I can do to be better in 22 when it comes to disappointment. Number one is to refuse to be overcome with self-pity. What do we do in those disappointments? Instead of feeling sorry for myself and wallowing in my self-pity, we've got example after example in the Bible you take David, we've already talked about him. David used his power and his resources. If you have time today, go ahead and read the rest of that story about David there in Chronicles. But he used his resources to help Solomon be successful in the building temple, in the building of the temple. Chapter 22 and 1 through 5. Instead of pouting, Instead of just giving up, notice as you read that story this afternoon how David continued to serve God even though God said no. Even though God rejected him, You go to the book of Acts in chapter 1. And we read of a situation there. In Acts chapter 1 and verses 21 through 26. 
Judas has died. Judas committed suicide. And they've got to replace the apostle. Wherefore, these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, whose surname Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and they said, Thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas was transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot, notice, fell upon Matthias. And he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Don't you know that Barsabbas was disappointed? You mean I've been faithful, a good, godly man. I've been faithful. I've done all these things. I've been with them through thick and thin. And they're going to choose, choose somebody else besides me. Even though God rejected him to become an apostle, it's unlikely that Barsabbas pouted. It's unlikely that he quit serving God. You know, some some of them, sometimes how we get through those things today, and somebody might even have thought this, well, Barsabbas was probably just happy to be in the running. He was a real man. He was a real person and probably not. He probably was not just happy to be in the running. He probably was truly disappointed. Just as any of us would be. But you think about David and Barsabbas. When God says no, we think, can't help but think about Paul. Despite being locked up in a Roman jail cell, Paul kept spreading the word of God and inspiring others to do the same. As we read just a moment ago, Philippians 1 and 12 through 14, about all these things that happened to me, I laid them to the account that God's will and for the furtherance of the gospel. You see, he refused to wallow in self-pity. Paul says, poor old me, I'm locked up. I've been beaten, I've been shipwrecked. I hung on to a log in the deep for days. and I could just, oh me. But he didn't. You know he had to be disappointed. And this morning when you and I face moments of disappointment and rejection, we need to challenge ourselves to stay focused on Jesus and his work. You see, even though God says no to us and when we're disappointed, God still has people for us to teach, to encourage, and to help go to heaven. 
You see, this is how we need to be. We don't need to allow the devil to cripple us. God still has people for us to teach and to influence in our lives. And God still wants you and me to be there for our families, our church family. And to be that example to those people. Secondly, number one, refuse to be overcome with self-pity. Number two, recognize the good in your disappointments. We all have studied and read about Paul having a form in his flesh. That was a source of suffering for him. He wasn't bitter because he prayed and God refused to remove that form. But in 2 Corinthians 12 and 7 through 10, Paul recognized how God was using it to help him spiritually. When we find ourselves facing disappointment and rejection, and when God says no, we need to recognize how God is using it to help us spiritually. You see, due to all the amazing visions that Paul had experienced, It would have been easy for Paul to become arrogant. The thorn was something that God used to keep him humble. And Paul chose to see the good. He didn't say, poor old me. I don't deserve this. I've been good to God. I've served you faithful. I've been to church every time the doors is open. I pray three or four times a day. I read my Bible. I've done all these things and you're still going to tell me no? Paul could have said that. Many of you could probably say that in situations in your life. But he used it to keep him humble. Can you also see the good that God can accomplish through your thorns? We all got thorns in the flesh. Is there, is there something in your life in the past or you're going through right now that's a thorn to you? Can you see through being denied that promotion, how God can accomplish things through that. God may be helping you keep your priorities straight. Can you see how through sickness, God may be equipping you to help others in the future who might even face the same thing? When those disappointments and terrible things happen, how can we use them to help other people who are going through the same thing? That's how we have to look at disappointments. 
How can I use it to serve God? You see, that's the character of God. God knows what? The beginning. He knows the past. He knows the present. And he knows the future. God knows what's best for every one of us. God knows things that we don't know. That promotion may have kept you away from church services more and you become weak and fall out of the church. I'm going to use those disappointments that, that we see in our children or our families uh, and those things to, to, to help let you help other people who are going through those things. You see, Paul chose to see the good in the bad. Number three, resist the urge to give in or give up. No matter what obstacles or setbacks and disappointments he faced in his life, talking about Paul, Paul was determined to never quit on Jesus. Philippians 3, this is read, we've read many times from this pulpit. As Paul writes there, he says, I'm not going to give up. In Philippians 3, 12 through 14, you know it well. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect or mature, but I follow after or I press on, that if I may apprehend or lay hold on that for which also I apprehended, Christ, Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. you got to remember, Paul was writing this from a jail cell. A dark, cold jail cell. He pressed on. He stayed focused on achieving the prize of heaven. You know what Paul realized? is that giving up would have cost him his soul. Paul was not a Christian because he might die today, but because he might live tomorrow. Because he wrote, he said, for me to die is gain. For me to die is gain. To be and go, be with Christ. Those who are prepared, those who are Christians, and those who have, have clean lives and are not separated from the, the, the church and, and the fold of God can have that hope. And you know, that very moment that we take our last breath, 
we'll realize all that stuff I was worried about. Trying to have the perfect body. Now, I'm not saying that we just give up on ourselves and don't take care of ourselves or anything like that. But all that money I spent on trying to make myself more beautiful and more presentable and to lose all that weight and to do all these things in a matter of a moment, it won't matter. Because Paul was not a Christian because, again, he might die today. It was because he might live tomorrow because he knew that if he lived another day that he had the obligation and the commitment to continue to serve God and Christ. The same can be said this morning about numerous servants in the Bible. Peter, Moses, David, Caleb, Joseph. We've talked about them. And even our Lord. Never let disappointments cripple them in their service to the Father. And this morning, we also need to persevere. We need to keep going on for the Lord and, the, and amid the disappointments that we face that are in our marriages, that are in our spiritual struggles, in our relationships with brethren, people who we work with. You think about Peter. He denied Christ three times in the same night. David couldn't build the temple. Caleb wandered 40 years because of other people. And then at 85 years old was fighting giants. And give me the hard land, God, not the flat low land. He never gave up. But as we close, while life is full of disappointments, the Lord is always faithful to keep his promises. His promises. Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised without wavering not wavering not he's faithful when those disappointments come in your marriage sit down and talk work it out don't run down to the courthouse and find you a lawyer and start divorce. You sit down and you work it out the way God asked you to. In the Lord's church, amid a pandemic, you know, our numbers have never recovered from where we were pre-pandemic. It's been disappointing to our eldership, to the ministers, and a lot of you. But I asked the question this morning, 
in these disappointments in life and concerning that, are we just to be content with the numbers? I'll just, we'll just need to be content and be glad with what we got back. You see, we don't need to say those things. We need to have the attitude, I'm not going to settle with this disappointment. I'm going to get busy and get that church directory. And I'm going to start calling people and I'm going to start talking to people and visiting people and sending them cards and trying to get them back. You see, we serve a God who never disappoints. People will let you down. This morning as we close, are we disappointing God this morning? Listen closely. Are we disappointing God this morning in not responding to the gospel? Knowing that you must be baptized to go to heaven and be faithful and make that commitment to God and be that example to others? Are we disappointing God in that? Are we disappointing God in not living a life that your fellow Christians and your fellow church members know that, that you, could, you could do better than you're not? You see, I don't want to stand on the day of judgment and God say, you disappointed me. There was nothing more that hurt me anymore than when my mother looked at me and said, you disappointed me. And there were others in my life as well. But God being number one. Disappointments are going to come. What do you do when God says no? Please come as we stand, as we sing together.